Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. TGIF, it's Friday. Welcome to the Tyler Glenn Show, the show about food and fun places and the mayhem of life. The weekend is here. Pat yourself on the back. You made it towards another weekend. And we've got a comedy show announcement for Brandon coming in at 8.30 this morning. If you like comedy, you're going to like this announcement. Oh, ding dong. Phone's ringing. Speaking of the phone, one Winnipeg dad has a $3,000 cell phone bill thanks to his kid. Holy man. We're going to tell you about that. It's April Fool's Day tomorrow, and I think Pop-Tarts is trying to fool us. Have you ever bumped into anybody? Of course you have. Imagine they sued you after. That's what happened to Gwyneth Paltrow. The verdict is in in her court case. We're going to talk about that. Dairy Queen is looking for its giant red spoon. It got stolen. Yeah, the, the giant red spoon. We'll tell you which Dairy Queen has that giant red spoon. We'll see where it is, maybe. We also talk heinous food crime. Heinous food crimes. First, let's welcome you into the Beach Bunker. Good morning. I'm Tyler Glenn. As we get into the weekend, uh, baseball opening day yesterday, there was a lot of excitement around this upcoming baseball season and a lot of people upset about the price of food, to which we say join the club. We'll take a look at the cost of beer, hot dogs, and other treats at your favorite ballpark. Maybe you've been, maybe you've never been. Maybe this is A little bit of information that'll help you decide that, you know what, maybe I don't want to go to a Major League Baseball game because it's just way too expensive. And we'll also touch on how to respond to every type of annoying airline passenger. All that and more coming up today on the Tyler Glenn Show. Busy Friday to get to. Today is Friday. It's Friday. And I'm loving that it's Tater Day today. Tater Day. National Tater Day. And by tater, I mean anything with potatoes. So you can celebrate however you see fit. You could maybe uh, have yourself those tater tots. I like those tater tots. You ever have those breakfast casseroles with the tater tots and the sausages and the cheese? Oh, it is also National Prom Day. Why is it National Prom Day? Because prom season begins today. All right. So may I think that's probably in the U.S. I'm not sure how many proms we have up here anymore. It's Tater Day today. It's National Farm Workers Day. It's World Backup Day, a day for you to take a look at your computer and make sure that you've got some form of backup to make sure that if something happens to your computer, you're not International Transgender Day of Visibility. Eiffel Tower Day, Dance Marathon Day, National Clams on the Half Shell Day, National Crayon Day, $3,000 for a phone bill. And it's because of his kid. 
apparently his kid was texting a friend in the States and doesn't have one of those plans where you can text as much as you want. It's you get charged every time you send the text and that can get add up. I guess three thousand dollars watch the dad a couple years ago rob belanger got a family phone plan for his two children last week when he got his monthly bill from bell mobility the parent company of ctv news he couldn't believe his eyes the cost was three thousand five hundred thirty six dollars and ninety eight cents which is more than 10 times my normal monthly costs I'm just going to tell you that uh, my kid completely uh, got out of control on the phone, and I'm really upset with him. Um, what he did was, uh, I, I'd i be flipping the table over. $3,000? Oh, my. For my cell phones. That's thanks to more Look than 7,000 text messages from his son's phone to his friend living in the U.S., but Belanger says he was never notified. Their reply was that the notifications were sent to my son's phone. That there doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it's my account. It's my family plan. I'm the one who pays the bills every month. After going back oh my and forth gosh. with Bell, he said the company <laughs> offered to remove 25% of the bill. So it's Bell. They're going to take a quarter of the bill back. How is this guy even sitting gently at the table like this having a reasonable conversation i'm getting pissed off and it's not even my kid or my phone three thousand dollars but 75 percent of a bill that i feel is unjust still doesn't sit right and not only do i feel violated that my trust and confidence with this company they've taken for granted um i don't feel right paying that money. John Lawford, the executive director of the Public Interest Advocacy Center, says while Canada's wireless code does require account holders be notified of overage charges for roaming and data, that may not be the case for texting. Texting, it's not explicitly covered. It's not considered to be data. It's a different service on the phone. And that's pretty much up to your contract in which case you won't get a notification if there are overages for excess texts. So there there you go. You learned something today. Talk to your kids uh, because you don't want one of these bills, $3,000. So good luck, Rob. And we'll follow that and see if, uh, if Rob is successful in his fight against Bill. So it was Major League Baseball's opening day yesterday, and... Um, there was a lot of excitement about the season. I I did not know that Toronto had some of the cheapest beer in Major League Baseball. I didn't think that Canadian sports teams and cheap beer were something that could ever be in the same sentence, but apparently it can. Comparing hot dog and beer prices at your favorite ballpark. Have a look at this. This is beer. So if you're going to go have a beer, this is these prices are in U.S. dollars. And you do not want to go to a Mets game. Like in New York, you're at a Mets game and you're paying $12 U.S. for a beer. Now, no, I'm not. I'm just not drinking beer. There's just no way. What is that? $18, $19 Canadian? For a beer, Chicago's not much better. They're around ten bucks. So is Baltimore and Philly. 
Minnesota Twins, the closest one to us geographically, is one of the cheaper beers that you're going to find at the ballpark. And if you go to Colorado, that's that's what you want to do. You want to go to a Rockies game. They're just $3 at a, at a Rockies game. An estimated 15 million beers or 1.2 million gallons of beer are sold at Major League stadiums every year. That's enough to fill 1.7 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Now, what about a hot dog? Um, oh, and I didn't show you Toronto. Like, look at Toronto's beer price, 433 US. That's not bad. You know, when you're comparing it to New York at 12 bucks, I would have thought it was a lot more than that. I've never been to a Jays game, been to lots of Twins games. And I've had the chance to go to a couple Dodgers games, too. And I can see they've got the most expensive food. And it's so true. Oh, my gosh. You step up to the concession there and get your stuff. And, you know, one person, it's $80 for your hot dog, some nachos, and a couple of couple of beers. But um, Arizona Diamondbacks, look at their hot dog prices. Two bucks. That's pretty good. San Francisco, seven fifty. Holy shit. That's amazing. You know, you take a family of four to a baseball game. So what what would you spend at a baseball game this season? So if you want to go to Target Field in Minneapolis, it's a great place to watch a ball game. And it's outdoor, nice place to visit. You're going to pay $39 for the experience of a ticket hot dog and beer. That's... And that's cool because it's some of the, it's one of the cheapest in the entire major league baseball. Um, but if you're going to go to Chicago, a hundred dollars isn't that something? So anyway, opening day for baseball. Although you wouldn't know it, hey, you wouldn't know that spring is around the corner with the weather that we've got. Ooh. Gwyneth Paltrow was skiing in Utah in 2016. And a retired optometrist, Terry Sanderson, collided with her. How many times have you bumped into somebody? It happens all the time. But this, well, this was different because you're bumping into a celebrity. And celebrities have money. And I'm thinking this optometrist took it upon himself to get a lawyer and say, yeah, I wonder how much I can get out of Gwyneth Paltrow for this little mishap we had at the at the ski hill. Uh, but not only is it a bizarre case when uh, a guy like that is suing over a, a you know, essentially just a, a bump at the, at, at the ski resort, but there were some pretty weird moments. It's right up there with the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Remember that? Because that's what I heard. Nothing was coming out. My lips were moving. My tongue was moving. There was nothing coming out of my mouth. And my heart rate went up again. And, when, and she just slammed him. How hard? Very hard. He, I mean, very hard. And so Terry, she hits him right directly in the back. His skis, his skis actually, the tips go out like this. And he falls face down, so he's kind of he's kind of spread eagle, and he goes face down, and, and Gwyneth's on the top of him, and, and they go down like this, and then Gwyneth hits him, and then bounces off and slides to the right about five or ten feet. 
Have you ever gone skiing? That, Have you ever been in complete control when you've been Craig skiing? Who said I heard him say it was Glenn Paltrow. And to me, it's like I'm not into celebrity worship. No, I'm just so. into suing them and trying and to get some I cash. Didn't care at that point. Did you think it was cool to collide with a celebrity? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is not who I am, no. So I, uh, Instacare, they say, go get a CT uh, uh, tomorrow. And then he posts, and let's put that up. Oh, oh. So he's a poster, okay, big on Facebook. So there are lots of pictures of him, which helps us. It helps us understand him. What does he post to his daughters? I'm famous. (laughs) There we go. He doesn't post, I'm hurt. He doesn't post googly gawk. Is that the right word? Confusing stuff. He had been a very high functioning, high energy person. His personality changed after, like Tasha says, this guy is a nut. And that's, you know what? Thankfully, it was decided that, yeah, this guy is a nut and Gwyneth has won the the case, but he sued her for $3.2 million. So she countersued for $1 and uh, legal damages uh, or not. Yeah, the uh, like court costs and stuff like that. But the jury agreed with Gwyneth Paltrow. They said that the that the best witness in this case was a neurologist that they had brought who who testified that based on his lawsuit of $3.2 million and the severe damage that this celebrity apparently caused this guy, (laughs) he would have had to have been going 50 to 60 miles an hour to do that kind of damage. And it's not like skiers can't get up to 50 miles an hour, but I don't think most people who are not Olympic skiers can get to speeds of 50 to 60 miles an hour. And Gwyneth Paltrow, by the way, she was in the middle of skiing lessons. I wonder if it'll be a big check, like one of those lottery checks. Here you are. You're $1. This is from Arizona at the Grill and Chill there. Someone took the red spoon, and here's what it looks like. And now this is when it was there, when the red spoon. Someone in the middle of the night went to Dairy Queen and got the spoon. The owner of the Dairy Queen says, we're kind of upset, but then more puzzled. What are you going to do with a spoon that big? Somewhere in an apartment, likely in Arizona, is a bunch of guys sitting around this morning going, oh, man, that was that was such a good night. Yeah. Oh, man, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. We're, look at the size of the spoon, man. You got a seven-foot spoon. You got a seven-foot spoon in your living room. Where did that come from? We got it from the Dairy Queen. This is right up there with them stealing baby Jesus, remember? Oh, man, it's 15 feet. It's hard to tell in that picture. It's 15 feet. How would you even get that into the into your frat house or your 
or your apartment, that's a huge spoon, 15 feet. The couple has reported the theft to the police department in Phoenix, and police are on the lookout for a 15-foot red spoon. If you know what happened to the red spoon, call Crime Stoppers. Yeah, so uh, Barry, how's your weekend? Oh, it's awesome. I'm spending my $3,000 that I got from Crime Stoppers. Oh, how'd you do that? Did you turn in a murderer? Did you turn in some some guy that robbed the bank? Nah, kids next door stole a Dairy Queen spoon, and I called Crime Stoppers, and uh, they gave me a couple grand for the for my troubles. <laughs> from the spoon to Pop-Tarts now. This So... April Fool's Day is tomorrow, so be on the lookout. And these more and more businesses are trying to to do scams to get us to talk about their product in a weird way. For example, Pop-Tarts has said that they've released a line of cardigans in all your favorite flavors. And here's what they look like. Like, this can't be real, although... It's a reputable website that this comes from, kitchen.com, the kitchen. And did you say they were spooning? Maybe the, the local sex shop stole the spoon, and, it, and and that's part of their marketing plan is, hey, come to Tony's sex shop. We're not just about spooning. Is this a thing? I don't know. I'm thinking it's an April Fool's prank myself. The iconic, inspired by new frosted banana bread Pop-Tarts, the shrug, and the crop top, or the crop tardigan. Yeah, that's, this has got to be an April Fool's prank. But you're not allowed to do that. You know the rules of April Fool's, right? You got to get to the people before 12 noon, and you can only do it on that day. And all this week, we've been, there's been attempts to scam us, these different companies. Oh, we're doing this with our products. Oh, we're going to sell this. And you just go, wow, that's bizarre. That's stupid. Wow, why would you do that? And then you're thinking, okay, well, April Fool's is coming up. WestJet used to be really good at their stuff. They, as we get ready for uh, gardening season, maybe you've started to put some stuff into um, those little containers, those uh, seedlings to get them ready for the gardening season. Interesting story this morning that tomato plants scream when you cut their stems. They scream. Your tomatoes scream. Oh, I'm not lying. Tomato plants scream. When a stem is cut off, according to a new study out of Israel this morning, they actually emit airborne sounds similar to bubble wrap being popped, and it's detectable from more than three feet when they're thirsty. The post-tomato plants scream when you cut their stems is getting some huge traction online. And in fact, I've got the audio here. And so let's let's hear what a tomato sounds like. In, in all seriousness, I was, this is what tomatoes sound like when you cut the stem. Are you ready? You got to listen close. So we tested 
I know what a marijuana plant sounds like. (laughs) And we found that indeed, (laughs) plants emit sounds, and these sounds contain information. In this study, we've shown that plants emit ultrasonic sound signals, signals that are above the human audible range. In order to record such signals, one needs special microphones, microphones that are sensitive to ultrasound. We're recording sounds emitted by tomato plants, but these sounds are ultrasonic sounds, so we humans can't hear them. This guy, this in guy's in the plot, I bet. show what these sounds are like, he's a hippie. we took many sounds, we put them together in a small time yeah, frame. Yeah, you're growing more than just tomato plants, So human ears can, can hear them. This is an example of such a manipulation we did I'm on cool and I'm hungry, Keaton. that we recorded. <laughs> uh, well, that's amplified a lot more. And these are sounds that were recorded from grapevines and manipulated in, in the same manner. Oh. So, one of our subjects was tomato plant. When a tomato plant is uh, feeling well, it emits very few sounds. But when it is stressed, when it is dehydrated or cut or sick, it emits plenty of sounds. And we can uh, tell the type of stress and the species of the plant from these sounds. So what does this mean? Are we supposed to have conversation, conversations with our our plants now didn't they once back in the 80s say we are supposed to talk talk to our plants yeah every time i i fire up the lawnmower what is that like the sound of a con like a rock concert please don't cut us so anyway uh your tomato plants well it sounds like most plants are making noise okay Food, fun places, and the mayhem of life. I think that that's kind of maybe got all of the above in that one. It is a big weekend. All right, let's get a drum beat going on here. Let's get the drum beat going. Come on now. Weekend time, weekend time. Oh, someone's got a barbecue. There we go. We got a beat because the weekend is here. What day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday. Everyone loves the weekend. Everyone lives for the weekend. And it's finally here. I don't care what your mama says. The weekend time is near. I don't care what your daddy says. The weekend is finally here. All I know is my work is done. And now it's time to chill and have some fun. The weekend is finally here. The weekend is finally here. I don't care what the mayor says. Weekends are full of cheer. I don't care if you think it's a lie. The weekend will soon be here. I don't care about the CIA. I don't care what the calendar says. I wish it was a weekend today. Hey, 
I wish it was the weekend today. Hey, it is the weekend today. Later today. Of course, our friends at Daba Graphics do amazing work creating visual identity, websites, all kinds of social media-related activities. They can take care of you. From logo and website design to digital marketing strategies, Daba Graphics can help your brand stand out from the competition. No more being average. You can work with their team of experts to create a visual identity that truly reflects your brand's unique personality and vision and get the marketing support to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for a forgettable brand. Oh, no. Don't do that. Head over to Daba Graphics. DabaGraphics.com. DabaGraphics.com. All right. The weekend is finally here. Okay. What else do we got this morning? Uh, heinous food crimes. From pineapple and mayo to sugar on spaghetti. These are the top 20 food crimes of all time. Please feel free to add to it. Sugar on spaghetti. I thought it was just Will Ferrell that did that on Elf. Was it? What did he put? He put maple syrup on his spaghetti. One lady says, my dad salts the shit out of everything, and he doesn't even try it. My younger brother seems to inherit this trait. I'm bad for that. I do salt everything. My aunt stirs a healthy spoonful of sugar into a glass of wine. Whoa. Sugar in wine? Why would you do that? Um, Spaghetti and sugar? My brother and sister used to put bananas in their tomato soup. Bananas and tomato soup. I'm trying to picture, I'm trying to imagine what that tastes like. Kathleen says my sister used to make sugar sandwiches. Now, what would be the recipe for that? Just sugar and white bread? Um, This is a food crime. This lady says that... uh, Pretending to use cauliflower as a healthy ingredient replacement. Oh, use cauliflower. It's the same as blank, like, for example, rice. I don't mind that, though. I I don't mind mixing it up a little. I don't think that's much of a crime. Pineapples dipped in mayonnaise. (laughs) There comes the mayo again. Pineapples dipped in mayonnaise. Sugar on butter. Sugar. Well, I guess, you know, when you make a cookie, it really, that's kind of, that's what a cookie is essentially, right? It's sugar and butter and a little bit of flour. Ta-da, there's your cookie. So you take sugar and put it on butter and bread and you've got yourself a sugar sandwich. Wow. A potato sandwich. Boy, if you're diabetic, your blood sugar would just bing into the stratosphere. Carbohydrates. Sandwiched between more carbohydrates. Yeah, Gaetan has made apparently a sugar sandwich too. Oh, toast with cinnamon sugar is not a food crime. That's delicious. Uh, Lindy, that's that that's not a food crime. That is a that's a that's a great thing. Yeah. 
cinnamon sugar on toast. I think that's where they came up with that cinnamon toast crunch, right? <coughs> Ketchup sandwiches? Oh, wow. My mother microwaved salad. Not a meat or egg or other salad. The salad made up of plants in the microwave for 60 seconds. What happens to salad? But, yeah, Porky, are we being sponsored by Miracle Whip today? No kidding. Everything has has the mayonnaise in it. Chips dipped in ketchup. That's, I don't know if that's a food crime. That I, I think I would be up for that. I would try it. I think food crimes are where, you know, you've got this, you've got this um, combination of food that's not only bizarre, but it borders on repulsive. You just go, oh, wow, why are you doing that? No, but these are, who microwaves a salad? Really? That's a food crime. You can't microwave a salad. Peanut butter on pancakes. See, that's not bad either. No, you guys are pretty good. I don't think you're committing too many food crimes here. I, I, peanut butter and dill pickle, that's, get, that's warming up. That's getting close. Here's a food crime for you. I had a girlfriend once that would eat butter from the stick, like a candy bar. Just butter. Now that's a food crime. Because it makes you go, oh, really? Straight butter. Now, I like butter. I could drink the butter. I like the butter, like the, the, movie, theater, the movie theater butter. Give me shots of that stuff seven days from Sunday. Oh, I love that stuff. I cannot stand the way my mother eats sandwiches, says one person. Take, for example, a roast beef sandwich. She takes it apart and eats the roast beef. And then she has the bread. Well, what the hell are you having a roast beef sandwich for? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Rob says, my husband uh, eats peanut butter jam and cheese slices. Again, not. No, it's not really a big food crime. Cheese whiz and tuna, that's getting closer. Because who does that? And it's good? Cheese whiz and tuna. This is, I got a picture of this one. This one is bananas. This this kind of uh, ups the ante on the whole bananas in the tomato soup. This is bananas again, baked, wrapped in ham, smothered with hollandaise. And here's what it looks like. <laughs> Who who comes up with this? But you know what? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I would probably try this. You know, someone went to the work of putting this thing together, and it's and and when when you hear the ingredients, it it seems repulsive. And for those on the podcast, you can't appreciate it. It it looks good. This person obviously knows what they're doing. This isn't their their first shot at baking bananas with meat. It it seems bizarre, but it looks okay. Um, we got a couple more here uh, in chat. Sardines and cheese. Uh, uh, not repulsive or super weird because sardines just come with that that connotation that they smell and they're kind of stinky. And um, What is periwinkle? Periwinkle and mustard. When I was younger, my brother would eat mustard and Nutella sandwiches. Now, there's a food crime. Holy shit. 
mustard, and Nutella. I call this the I call this the diaper sandwich. This is that's mustard and Nutella. <laughs> I I no, and I'm not going to try that. I am not going to try mustard and Nutella. Not something I've seen, but my parents said when I was four, I'd sneak into the Doritos, lick all the powder off, and put them back in the bag. Oh, that turns my stomach. Oh, especially after the tequila last night. That That is gross. I used to work with a guy. That's how he ate his Doritos. Oh, I have to move on. Seriously, it's just so disgusting to me. Oh, that's gross. That's gross. Another one for sugar in red wine. Although sugar in red wine would actually make it um, obviously sweeter, but red wine is bitter, so um, that that makes a lot of sense. Caramelized onions with sugar. I don't know. I think that's 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 too. That that sounds like it might work. Any sort of flavored hummus or dip called hummus that doesn't use chickpeas. The word hummus means chickpeas in Arabic. So if it doesn't have chickpeas, it's not hummus. I guess that's a food crime just based on description, I guess. Oh, check this out, my Ukrainian friends. Jelloed everything. Jelloed everything. Jelloed roasts, jelloed mayonnaise salads. Uh, that looks a little like head cheese to me. My brother was allergic to milk when we were younger. I saw him put orange juice into his cereal. I have heard of people doing that before, and that is a food crime. I think that they do not belong. Not breaking Kit Kats into their individual sticks before you eat them. A friend of mine once bit his sideways, and we were all horrified. Oh, the crime of against humanity. Look at this. You have to break the Kit Kat apart. What's wrong with you? You psycho. Oh, food crimes. Bum, bum, bum. My neighbor used to pull all the cheese off her pizza and then cover it in ketchup. Cheese comes off. What do you do with the cheese? The cheese, let's face it, that's the best part. That's why I flirted with keto for a while. Because if you're going to flirt with keto, at least you can have the good stuff. The crust, I could say goodbye to. But the cheese, forget it. That's the whole reason for showing up to the party. Lindy says, my dad loved pickled pig's feet. My mom used to make this crap called pear salad. It was canned pears topped with a huge pile of shredded cheddar, mayonnaise, or sour cream. I've never tried it. It looks terrible. She loves it. This is what it looks like. There, you know what? It doesn't look that bad. Peaches, shredded cheese, and sour cream. I don't know. Food crime? I I don't think so. I don't think that's a food crime. That might be something. That might be something for you to try next time you're playing with food. If we can afford to play with food. I used to share a house with a guy, and every time a bottle or jar of sauce was only a third full, he'd fill it up with water and shake it. That's not saving money. It's just making your condiments taste shitty. (laughs) Putting ice cubes in milk. Hey, I do that. Come on. That's not a food crime. Ice cubes in milk. That makes milk awesome. 
Uh, we have got Tim Nutt coming to our town. And again, he's going to be playing the Eagle's Nest. And if you've never uh, seen or heard of Tim Nutt, that's okay, because that's I, this audio I know will work. And uh, we'll give you a sample here of uh, of what Tim Nutt is all about. And this is going to be a Mother's Day show. About this for a while. Optimism is poorly defined by how full a glass of water is. I think a better definition of optimism, somebody goes to a grocery store, buys a big bag of celery, with the expectation they're going to finish it. I don't know anybody that's ever finished celery. I don't know why they don't sell them one at a time, <laughs> like bananas, so you could just throw out less stuff. There should be a garbage can past the checkout at the grocery store with a little sign that says, Did you buy celery? You're going to throw it out eventually. Why not save yourself some time? Because here's the problem. Nobody likes celery. It's terrible. It's one of the worst foods ever. But we all eat celery when we get that Dr. Oz watching friend come at you with the tip. Hey, you want to lose a little weight? You want to drop a few pounds? Here's what you do. You go to the grocery store, get a big thing of celery. You cut her up, put it in a Tupperware in the fridge. And when you're feeling snacky, snacky. instead of going for the junk food, what you do is you get some of that celery. Because I don't know if you know this, celery is a magical food. It takes more calories to eat and digest than it actually has in it. You could starve to death if all you ate was celery. Uh, uh, yeah, celery is is meant to be like it's to carry other foods, right? It's made it, it's meant to carry cheese whiz. It's meant to carry peanut butter. Tim Nutt was, uh, by the way, Sirius Satellite Radio's Comedian of the Year in 2018. Uh, so uh, he is coming to Brandon, and he is going to have a show. Uh, as Ryan was saying, I, again, I apologize for the uh, the interference there. Seem to be some uh, some challenges at uh, at that end, but um, it's going to be a Mother's Day show. He's been doing comedy for twenty years. Tim Nutt, uh, Halifax is just for laughs comedy festival, uh, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, um, and here are the details. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to post this uh, on my website at tylerglenshow.com. There it is, Big Daddy Taz and Tim Nutt. It's a Sunday, May the 14th, Mother's Day show at the Eagle's Nest Bar and Grill. And um, supper and a show is 50 bucks, $52. That's not a bad Mother's Day idea, really. So... You could see comedian Tim Nutt, Big Daddy Taz, is going to be the master of ceremonies. That is all you need to know about the show right there. And uh, we were supposed to have Ryan on talking about that. But some technical difficulties. Uncle Bo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Celery in a Caesar. Big Daddy is good. Big Daddy Taz has been doing this a long time. And he has performed in in Western Manitoba. He must do a show every six months, I'm thinking. He is here a lot. But it's because he is good and he's popular. We are the show about food, 
fun places, and the mayhem of life. Lots of mayhem today, lots of food, lots of food crimes today, sugar on spaghetti. But to get to fun places, we got to get on an airplane. And when we get on an airplane, sometimes people can act like assholes. They're not exactly considerate. They're jerks. And so how are you supposed to respond in these situations? Well, the experts have given us the tips. I have researched from the experts, and I I shall share. I shall share with you now. Um, because it goes without saying that, um, we are in a, a time of high stress as we get back from this whole COVID thing and airline complaints are through the roof, like big time in the tens of thousands. So if a fellow passenger is seriously bothering you, the first step you should do, you should talk to somebody who works there. Ask to be moved. If it gets even the slightest bit annoying and disrupts your your experience, just ask to be moved. It becomes a bit of a, a challenge when the airplane is full, though, because I have had a situation where I asked if I could move and have been refused because the plane is full. But at least this way, the crew is tipped off that uh, you want to move for a better seat? No, I want to move because the guy behind me is kicking my seat, and he smells like onions and sardines in a diaper. That I we have to. Oh no, sir! I smell them too. We have to do something about this. When we reach cruising altitude, can you just open the emergency exit real quick and just call them up for a cockpit tour? Just, just, just briefly, uh, sir, sir. You know what? You won our prize today. Come on, we'd like to take you for a tour of the cockpit. Yeah, just walk right by this emergency exit right here. Oh, geez, that was unfortunate. Clunk. Fix the new post. How to deal with an argumentative passenger. Remember that your goal is to have a peaceful flight, not to change anyone's mind. That's the goal. The goal is to have a peaceful journey, not get into a shouting match with somebody. So it's best to simply nod, smile, or better yet, ignore, put your headphones on, and close your eyes. How to deal with a drunk passenger. Someone's had a few too many of the old rum and Cokes on the flight to Treasure Island. (laughs) Ah. If a drunk on a flight is bothering you, try to calmly explain that you'd rather read your book or listen to music than talk right now. And if that's not enough, talk to a flight attendant out of earshot so they will know to stop serving this guy. He's getting hammered. And chances are, if he is hammered and they stop serving him, he'll just pass out anyway. This is the probably the most common one. How to deal with seat kickers, inconsiderate recliners, and armrest hogs. I'm going to touch on that in a second, but first, Gaetan, who's just fresh back from Mexico, says, sitting in business class, the person two rows ahead of you, clipping their toenails. Oh, my word. Flag on the play. Flag on the damn play. Clipping their toenails? 
Flight attendants felt that they couldn't do anything, but they were laughing. Oh, that is that is brutal. Quentin's drinking with the drunk guy. Kathleen agrees. If we had the green emoji, it would be green emo- the green f- puke face emoji, puke face emoji, puke face emoji. So dealing with seat kickers, inconsiderate recliners, and armrest hogs. The thing you have to assume is that they're tall or they're unaware that they're doing it. So if you assume this is the case, you politely and apologetically inform them of what they're doing. To show you're all in this together, blame the airline for the lack of space rather than attacking the kicker for being rude. Stupid airlines. I always say that anyway. And there's a lot of truth to that. Holy shit, there's no place to put anybody on those planes. And as people are getting bigger, seats are getting smaller. Where where are you going to put us? And we've given them our money. I don't think they care too much. Otherwise, flying would be a lot more comfortable. If it's a kid kicking your seat, experts recommend addressing the parent with something like, sorry, but your child has been kicking the back of my seat for an hour. I am really trying to get some sleep or do some work. Uh, Could you help me with that? I wonder how that would go. Uh, This expert also advises striking up conversations with strangers so you don't deprive yourself of the chance to meet interesting people and perhaps new lifelong friends. So there is a good chance that an inattentive parent will also take offense at your criticism of their child. So if you don't get a satisfactory response, go to the flight attendant. This kid is kicking the back of my chair. I asked mom. I asked dad. They're drinking with the drunk guy. They're not not doing nothing. Can you help me? Hey, kid, have you ever seen a cockpit? Come with me. (laughs) Yes, we have to walk by this emergency exit. Don't worry. That door door is always loose like that. (laughs) Close the door. Fix the new post. How to deal with a crying baby. Oh, I'm interested in this one. It's it, it freaks me out all the time when you're on an airplane and, and you've got really rough turbulence and the baby is crying because I'm immediately transported to the scene of a disaster movie where the plane is going down and there's it's raining outside and there's thunder and lightning and kids screaming and crying and the plane is careening towards a mountain. And in fact, none of that is true except for the child crying and a bit of a bumpy ride. If we're in severe turbulence and the kid is crying my anxiety goes completely off the charts. If a toddler age or older children are behaving badly on a plane, it might help to inform their parents, but if you're sitting near a baby crying, just put on your headphones, say the experts. The parents already know their infant is crying, and there's not much that you or anyone can do about it. The wailing of a child might be making your flight unpleasant, but console yourself with the knowledge that you're not the the knowledge that at least you're not the parent and the parent's flight is much worse because having been a parent myself and chances are you're a parent too it's it's embarrassing and you you know you're disrupting everybody else and you just wish you could get them to shut up but their ears are plugged or they're having a tough time and he's got to deal with it but it is kind of embarrassing so the parents are having a rough time take some comfort in knowing that 
they're the ones that are really kind of struggling with the situation and uh, turn up the tunes. And finally, last tip is check yourself lest you wreck yourself. In planes, as in the rest of life, you cannot control other people's actions. So it's just best to try and accept what you can change and realize the stuff you can't. Try to be as tolerant as you can. There's lots of weird people in the world, but trying to shame or correct someone else's behavior is not only doomed to fail, it will also just make the situation worse. And you may become the annoying person that other people tell stories about on the plane. So uh, enjoy the burger today. Again, Beef and Barrel Restaurant in Brandon. After decades of serving some of the best food you'll find in all of Manitoba, they are retiring. So spend the afternoon congratulating them, thanking them. It is a free barbecue, but you can give a donation to Westman Dreams for Kids. I believe they're going to be helping serve burgers this afternoon so congratulations to them on a job well done and all the best in your retirement it's going to be a pretty nice day for a barbecue so get out and enjoy that weekend sunshine be safe have fun hopefully you have some weekend plans that'll make you happy and I look forward to seeing you once again on Monday for another edition of The Tyler Glenn Show, the show that promises food, fun places, and the mayhem of life. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here. And we'll visit again Monday morning at 7. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.